Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 5, titled Yerba Buena. I'm back! And better than ever, I'm back from Disney, talking about Halt and Catch Fire. Yay! <laughs> really? <laughs> That's how I'm coming back? <laughs> That's how I'm making my grand return to the television archive after taking a week off to go to Disney World. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. That was bad. Anyway, all that stays in. A lot to talk about this episode. Bunch of stuff happened. Uh, first and foremost, everyone goes on, like, little mini-vacations uh, for July 4th weekend. Everyone just sort of goes their separate ways, has little breaks. Uh, the Clarks stay in. They plan to go camping, but then that fell through, so they just stay in and have sex multiple times in one day. And that is just... That is amazing vacationing for them. Like, they're doing, like, all these trips down memory lane, and... Then Donna... Then Donna, uh... She reveals that she hated all the camping trips they went on, and Gordon starts examining every single great memory he had with Donna, and just looking at it in disgust! Although, uh... Look, dude... Camping might not be the hill to die on. I'm just saying. I mean, it's not terrible, but... It's not amazing either. (laughs) Like, I prefer the indoors. (laughs) Personally. I'm just saying. Uh, Boz and Cameron go to Texas. Uh, Cameron to... Get her dad's bike. Boz to see his grandson. Neither of these go well. Uh, Boz goes to his son's house, just starts uh, being all helpful and shit. And his son, who did not really have Boz around all that much as a kid, kind of starts resenting this. Because like, oh, you weren't a dad to me, and now when I can be a dad to my kid, you're just sort of stepping on my toes, so I can't be a dad to my kid. Like, oh, you think just some, like, pilot wings are gonna make up for it? Because, like, he brings back, like, some pilot wings from the plane. That's, uh, complete garbage. Oh, you constructed the crib? I wanted to do that. Oh, and just flips out at Boz. And just kicks him out. Cameron 
goes over to get the bike, doesn't get the bike, instead watches someone else ride away on it and buy it from her mother. And then gets into a big argument with Boz about how you're not my real dad. To which Boz is just like, no, screw you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not touching this. Goodbye, bitch. <laughs> because he literally just five seconds ago had an argument with his own son about how terrible of a father he was. Not the best timing there, Cameron. Just gonna say that much. Uh, also, Cameron, in the midst of all this, reconnects with Tom. She sits down with Tom, has a nice dinner with him, then spends like an entire week off the grid with him, and then she returns, more on that later, and unbeknownst to literally anyone else, she got married. She just left California for a week and came back secretly married. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. It's just like a happy little reveal, like at the end of the episode when Cameron just like sort of is just lying on her bed in the middle of, uh, what could have very easily become a full-blown anxiety attack on the reveal that we'll discuss later. And then, like, just pulls this ring out from her pocket and puts it on, and it's just like, oh, she, she and Tom are married now? What? What, <laughs> what the hell? When did that happen? It's, just, it, it's kind of like a little, aww, moment. Like, I'm, I'm happy they're happy. I'm happy they're happy. Even though it means confronting the horrible, horrible reality that this beautiful woman, uh, this absolute goddess, is off the market. Call me Mackenzie Davis. Uh, that's the obligatory me being creepy to Mackenzie Davis. Uh, <laughs> have I ever, like, flat out apologized for being creepy? I don't think I have. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I need to underscore, this is a joke. <laughs> I respect women. <laughs> but yeah, they all have their little mini vacations that have varying degrees of success, let's say. Uh, while this is happening, just before they all go on their little mini July 4th vacations, uh, Cameron and Donna are having this argument about whether or not to introduce credit cards into swap meet transactions because apparently people really want to... Ex it, it, I can't talk. People really want to exchange actual money for the things they're trading. Like, actual money for, as Cameron says, a Superman comic. And Donna's like, we should do credit cards. This code is already there. It already exists. They were they were ready to roll it out. And now we can do a beta and put it out there. And Cameron's like, no, 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 no. We can't get in bed with credit card companies. 
That is a bad idea. I hate that. And they get into this entire argument. And they're like, okay, we can, we can revisit this Monday. And then... Cameron disappears. Just drops entirely off the map with... What we now know is her new husband. So weird. It's such a weird spur of the moment thing. But anyway... She comes back after like five days. Donna's decided, you know what? Screw you. You're not here. I'll, 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 I'll pull the trigger on this without you. And was about to launch the credit card thing. And then Cameron comes back and is like, hey, what the hell, bitch? You're going to do this credit card thing? No. And then she presents her own code of like, we could just use routing numbers. Costs us nothing. Only need to hire one more person. Uh, won't charge our consumers anything extra. Because with the credit cards, you have a transaction fee and all that. Just use routing numbers. And Cameron and Donna get into this big argument about Cameron not being there. And Cameron needing to have ownership over every little piece of mutiny. And, like, just a this very dysfunctional business relationship. Which brings me to... The big oh shit moment of this episode... So after Donna, like, okay, the routing numbers, like, okay, Cameron and Donna, we're doing the routing numbers thing, not the credit cards thing. That's going to roll out, and it's going to work better. Uh, Cameron calls calls Diane, and is like, hey, sorry for being eccentric. Uh, thank you for being so cool. Uh, with these decisions, and look, I get it, with the whole keeping the swap meet guys on, and the Diane reveals, uh, yeah, it's, it's your company, you make the decision, uh, I would have paid to get them to leave, but, if, you know, it's your company, I'm proud of you for making the mature decision to keep them staying on. And the moment of slow realization on Cameron's face as she pieces this together and figures out, oh shit, Donna went behind my back and made me keep the swap meet, guys. It is painful. It is truly painful. Like, this is a woman... Who created this magnificent company. This incredible service. And is now realizing all at once. I'm not in control anymore. Is now realizing all at once. I just lost control of my company. Because my so-called partner stabbed me in the back. And relayed a decision that wasn't made. Took it upon herself to say, we can't fire them. And then lied about the VC saying, you have to keep them on. 
And then you get into that moment where she, like, almost gets into a flat-out anxiety attack and then puts on the wedding ring and that kind of calms her. But, like, oh, my God, that whole moment is, like, really, really beautifully done. That whole moment is exquisite. Uh, It's really, really phenomenal. But, uh, yeah. Mutiny's not doing the best. I think it's fair to say. Mutiny's not doing amazing at the moment. There's some internal strife there. That we're going to be dealing with over the next few episodes. So get ready for that lovely, lovely deal. Uh, Meanwhile, Joe and Ryan are continuing to work on their whole ARPANET deal. They eventually stumble upon NSFNet. And Joe realizes, oh wait, this is limited by the laws of today. But when those laws change, not if, when, we can be on the ground floor of this, create a regional network for NSFNet to piggyback on, this is the future, we're gonna dive all in on this. This is the future. This is what we need to be on the ground floor of. This is what we need to sink our resources into. But that's not the big thing that's happening with Joe this episode. That's kind of a footnote in all honesty. The big thing that's happening in this episode is some dude comes over to Joe's apartment. And is like, I need to talk to you right now. And Joe's like, okay, come in. And we don't see the conversation. We don't see what happens there. We see him going in. And then as soon as he leaves, like you see them hugging. And then you see Joe basically spiraling out of control. Like he's disheveled. He is a mess. He's an absolute train wreck. Uh, He's crying in his room when he thinks Ryan's not there. Like, it's just, he's having, like, this existential crisis. Like, I don't know if I have a next in me. And then he gets a call from the clinic about his HIV test results. And you see, like, you have this moment of just heart pounding, like, oh, no. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And you don't actually hear them say the results, but you see Joe just drop the phone, go onto the balcony, and just smile and laugh. So you're like, oh thank god, the tests were negative. He doesn't have HIV. Oh thank god. <laughs> like it's this really terrifying moment, which by the way is even more painful now because Pose exists. And we have, like, this amazing series that just takes this unflinching look at the AIDS crisis, among many, many other things. So, like, I've already had this enlightening look into how just horrifying the AIDS epidemic was back in the day among the LGBT community. And just going back and re-watching Halton Catch Fire, re-watching this subplot, like, it just... Not to say that it didn't hit me hard before, it did, 
But, like, with the added context given to me by Pose, like, it just hit me, like, 50 times harder. Like, it was just a freaking truck smashing right into me. Like, with this whole HIV subplot. It's, uh, it's painful and very nearly devastating. And thankfully he doesn't have it, so he can continue to be his old Joe McMillan self. Uh, so yeah, that's an episode. Welcome back, me. Uh, if you like this, favorite podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 6. Talk to you then.